Joe, how do you discipline a pet rock? How? You hit rock bottom. Oh, oh. Nah, you can't do that no more. You go to uh, rock jail. <laughs> uh, Joe, how do you get a hundred old ladies to yell fuck at the same time? How? You get one other old lady to yell bingo first. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Joke. <laughs> the old bingo joke. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. Hello, Jacques. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ball. <laughs> Joe, how has your week been? Are you okay? No. No. I am not. Please don't ask that question again. <laughs> okay. Have it stricken from the record. <laughs> uh, this is the first Joe is going to hear about this. Uh, there's an F&H Zoom call tonight at 11 our time, Joe. I think you should be on it. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, first of all, it would save everybody from having to listen to this. Come yeah, on yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, and two, it will let everybody put a, a beautiful face to a beautiful voice. So, so I'll send you the link if you jump on. And, and I've made it clear. If there's any Trumpkins on, I'll, uh, I'll say hello. I'll, I'll stay on for a little bit. But then I'll, I'll do the Irish goodbye. Yeah, I might do the Irish hello. <laughs> Just letting you know because I, I completely forgot about it, and then in a text chat a little while ago, it was brought up. I'm like, oh man, I I truly because I'm a rock star, because I'm cool, because I'm 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 hip, I'm an I'm happening guy. I was really hoping to be asleep by eleven on Friday night. <laughs> I just it's been an amazingly long long uh, life. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's time to go TT night night. You know, and it's it's funny because I was just telling Joe, we, we pushed back recording a half hour, and I jokingly said, oh, good, the podcast will be more up to date, you know, because the, 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 every half hour is in, in a different news cycle, and it's sure enough, in the half hour I had to kill, I went upstairs and management was saying, oh, did you get the robocall from the superintendent, and Lowell has been in the red, their COVID numbers have been in the red, and nothing to alarm anybody right now, but if the numbers stay where they are after next week, everybody goes back to remote, which we're already doing remote, but everybody in the town was doing remote for two weeks. And then the 25% that went back to school ended up having to rearrange everybody's schedule. So are they going to rearrange everything back? Like we're just getting into a groove. This was the first week where, you know, both boys got on everything on time, and the little guy uh, has come to the sad, shocking realization that parent-teacher conferences can happen truly in the blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had two of them uh, because our little genius uh, – you know what? I credit where credit's due. It turned out that last week he had passed everything in. Everything in on time last week, Joe. Everything. Uh, he figured out that if you just like hit a few keys and hit submit, it will recognize that it's not like a blank thing being submitted. <laughs> right. So he technically finished his homework yep. on time. Right. Yes. And I'm proud. And I'm proud to say that. <laughs> yep. Right. 
Well, at, it, at, well at least, you know, he's learning about um, hacking and <laughs> manipulation on the internet. <laughs> um, he's dabbling in fraud. Um, so, you know, he's got a bright future out of him. That's kind of the way commerce is going to go in the next 20 years. <laughs> so you might, you might as well get it on the ground floor. I, I did I did try to try to bail him out a little. I did say to the teacher, you know, have you considered that maybe a cat walked across his hot trash Chromebook and accidentally stepped on the send button after, <laughs> you know, and maybe uh and unless the cat had done that seven times <laughs> you know. Right. It, it, there's no chance of the Chromebook becoming self aware and just <laughs> Not, not that own. hot piece of trash. No, right. Maybe, maybe like, maybe a MacBook. Or, yeah, know, right. An iPad. <sighs> but not though. Can you imagine if a Chromebook came self-aware? It, 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 it would, it would show itself. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, it would go to the rope and rickety stool store and say, uh, "I'm a Chromebook." You're getting ahead of yourself there. <laughs> Uh, but so so yeah so we'll we'll find out next week, and it's I just I just wish we could have seen this coming. I wish we had some kind of heads up that two or three weeks after everybody goes back to school that they're going to send somebody home. I just wish there was a way <laughs> that somebody would have alerted us that that was a possibility. Uh, I'm I'm telling the world I told you so, and I'm also uh, just let Joe know just before we got on the podcast that you know. Um, I found out that my really good friend Rod, you know, original member of Beyond Id, is a listener to the podcast, which I did not know. And I knew because he sent me a text. Do you really have 12 cats? Question mark. You know, I should have canceled that Facebook page of ours long ago because we're just, you know, coming up with listeners that we don't know about. You know, I don't, I'm not comfortable having listeners that we don't know about. I really do think that this podcast needs contact tracing of its audience. We, <laughs> we don't want this thing to spread too far too fast. If there's one thing I, I will say, we've been successful from keeping it spread too far too fast. And Rod was very, very confused because he's known me 30 years and we lived together a few years in Fitchburg, we actually moved to L.A. together, and there was one night, and I don't remember the circumstances, like if him and his, you know, his wife had just rented apartment, if we were house-sitting somebody, but it was a shoebox Silver Lake studio apartment. I mean, it was so small, you had to go outside to change your mind. O outside to change your mind. I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> and for some reason... There was two young cats, and I don't remember if he was sitting. Two for young them. cats, they were babe, his. and and we're sleeping on the floor. There's like no furniture in the place. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think if we broke in, we're squatting. But either way, these cats were like on uh, on methamphetamines all night, just truly bouncing off the walls. And I wasn't a cat person to begin with. And I remember looking at Rod like in the morning, it's like. I wasn't a cat person. I am now. Mm -hmm. And and either he or I coined the phrase, it's like, what the fuck was with the Kitty Olympics all night? <laughs> like, like, I mean, and so here it is, flash forward to today, and he's like, do you really have, do you have, and that's the other thing. It's like, never picture, it was a cat lady is what he said. And, and not having seen our humble abode, he's like, do you have room for 12 cats? The answer, the answer, nobody has room for 12 cats. <laughs> like, like. 
there are apartment buildings in downtown Boston that are 30 stories high that there is not room for 12 cats collectively in there. You had a, a cat eruption, as it were. <laughs> Segway. Oh, very nice. Uh, but they'll be gone soon because uh, a couple people coming over to look at friend of the podcast, uh, Sully, I think is taking one of the culprits. Oh, and, nice. You know, and the wife is like, well, we got to get him spayed first. I'm like, he can handle that. Actually, you know what? Give me a butter knife. I'll take care of it right now. Mm. So, because uh, I'm, I'm bad. Uh, but speaking of eruptions, yes, it was a tough week because uh, we lost another great one. Eddie Van Halen has, uh, has his health has taken a turn for the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was battling cancer for decades, and he uh, finally couldn't hang on any longer. It kind of came as a surprise to me because I, I know in high school everybody called me Joe Van Halen because I was the biggest Van Halen fan, but re- in reality, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I stopped kind of following Van Halen in uh, 1984. <laughs> you you were born in 1984. Yes, I was. <laughs> I yes, I was. But when I saw it, I was immediately texting you. And I even texted my son, who I never text. And I said, we just lost a legend. And then I texted him the uh, the clip of Eddie Van Halen playing Eruption at the, uh, like in 1986 in concert, that 14 minutes guitar solo, if you've ever seen it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I said to him, yeah, do this. Like, this is what you're <laughs> But, I mean, Jesus Christ. Right. I think I figured out why people flood to music by an artist after they've died. You know, not obviously because, you know, they're in the news and they're, they're on people's mind. But I think it's because now, collectively or subconsciously, they've left the room and we can now talk about them freely. Oh, Interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting take. Yeah. No, I I think that's an interesting take. You know, because it's 2020 and because this has been the hell year, we've had sort of this sort of recurring thing. I mean, didn't Tom Petty died earlier this year, didn't he? You know, it was Petty. um, You know, a couple of years ago, Chris Cornell, you know, we lost Bowie. uh, Prince. Yeah, but Bowie and Prince were like just months apart. Yeah. Yeah. And of course... Who is the person who's saying, I can see clearly now? Because he died the same day as Eddie Van Halen. Well, yeah, yeah. He pulled the Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, right. You know, Farrah Fawcett died the same day Michael Jackson did. And Farrah Fawcett was, well, famous. Uh, Johnny Nash is the guy who's saying, yes. I, I, I'll see clearly now. And, all, you know, I think all the F&H guys know it's, there's a punchline to a Paul joke that's about 20 minutes. And it all comes down to a guy who is dating two women. And he can see clearly now because Lorraine is gone. That, that, you know, I, I saved everybody 19 and a half minutes right there. And now every time I hear that song or hear it mentioned, I think of that. But, um, but yeah, he died the same day. And it's like he might have got like, you know, a little love in the news cycle. But Eddie Van Halen is just an icon. And it's funny you referenced 1984. Are, were you at all a Van Halen guy or a Van Hagar guy? I was more a Van Halen guy because in 1984, 85, you couldn't escape Van Halen. It was the David Lee Roth era of Van Halen. The the song Jump was fucking everywhere, which wasn't exactly the most indicative of Van Halen's style of music, but it made Van Halen a household name if it wasn't already. But then David Lee Roth 
left the band in I think '85 to go become Diamond David Lee. <laughs> David Lee. Well, he was always Diamond Dave, but he would do a solo project, and so his videos kind of made their way into the mainstream as well. And you couldn't avoid. Oh yeah, that's David Lee Roth from Van Halen. So yeah, I was more of a, a David Lee Roth fan, although. The music of Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, they were, I guess, musically evolved, but they weren't as explosive and as fun and as rambunctious as they were from 78 to 84, 85. But, I mean, all that's been going through my head the past couple of days have been, you know, David Lee Roth-based songs. So, yeah, I would say long-winded answer to a very short, easy question. I would probably say more of a David Lee Roth Van Halen guy. And this is where I'm going to upset you, because had you said Van Hagar, you probably could have got out of ever doing this podcast with me again. Right. Because there's only one right answer, and that's David Lee Roth. And I do. It's funny, because management has a friend who loves Van Hagar, like can tolerate Van Halen, but loves Van Hagar. And I don't really like this person anyways. And every time that person comes up in conversation, I think... Oh, that's a dick who likes Van Hagar. And management will point out that, like, you know, 5150 is, it was like their best selling album, like, at the time. Right. But as people are going back and buying the catalog up today who haven't had it, they're not starting with 5150. No, no, they're not going with right now from, you know, <laughs> no, for unlawful carnal knowledge. Um, they're, they're getting the first, you know, the, all the David Lee Ross stuff because although Hagar had a great career and they did wildly successful with them, it's one of those things where, yeah, no, but very few people, I can't say nobody, but very few people when they first think of Van Halen, and which is funny, when people first think of Van Halen, they usually think of David Lee Roth, and it's like, ah, the drummer and the guitar player were actually, you know. Right. And the drummer and the guitar player are Van Halen, and I guess over the last, what, decade, that the bass player... Oh, Michael uh, Anthony. Or the original bass player, Michael Anthony. No, yeah, the original bass player has been replaced by Wolfgang Eddie Van Halen's son. Mm -hmm. um, but from all accounts, nice guy, super nice guy. I also heard a story about Van uh, about Eddie he, when his son Wolfgang wanted to learn to play guitar in his like you know early teens. The first thing he did, he, ta he told his dad, and his dad was like, he's so like professional minded or whatever. He was like. Uh yeah okay um I guess we can get you lessons you know we'll find somebody to get you lessons not even <laughs> dawning on him that hey maybe the the rock god that yeah. spawned him yeah. you know you know how we don't go outside and play catch dad because you can't throw a baseball <laughs> uh maybe there's a father and son activity that let's say you're good at <laughs> like 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 with me like I've Joe knows my kids really well my kids are very sarcastic dicks, which is a skill. Like, we don't play catch. We just sit there. And, and podcast all day. All day long, you know, we, we're just awful to each other in very sitcom-y ways that, uh, that, you know, that, that, no, but that's, that, that's kind of funny. That, that is a great story. But it is, it's, you know, he's 65, which by today's standards is woefully young. Not you old know? at all, yeah. And what's interesting is when somebody like him passes and you hear all the stories that we've heard this week and you're like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. That's interesting. I've heard that. And then you hear something like, how the fuck did I not know that? It turns out 
and maybe you've heard this. I'm blanking the name of the song off of Bad, but I think it was Billy Jean. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of uh, Beat It. Beat It. Right. Did you know that? Yes. It, dude, I didn't know. And I guess he go, he he was asked if he'd come in the studio. Michael Jackson wasn't there. And now, oh, my God, I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm trying to think of who produced the Quincy album. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. So Eddie Van Halen comes in and plays it like they wanted him to play it. And they said, hey, kind of, I had an idea. I'm hearing it like this. I'm here. Can I take it a couple different ways? And he, and he played something different. And then he was talking to Quincy Jones like, hey, can we rearrange the whole thing? I kind of have it this way. And Quincy Jones like, what the fuck? You know, it's, you're Eddie Van Halen. And he kept, I guess, Eddie Van Halen kept saying, well, I hope the kid likes it. Like, you know, because Michael Jackson is, you know, so much younger than him. He goes, yeah, I hope the kid likes it. And Michael Jackson is, was known for an absolutely being a methodical perfectionist. Like an absolute, you know, he will argue with you if you're supposed to use a dash or a semicolon for, for weeks on end. And he came and, and Eddie Van Halen wasn't there. He did his part, left. Like the next day, Michael Jackson came in and he's like, Hey, let's play back what Eddie did for you. And Michael Jackson's like, This is such a better song. Like, like this is it. You know, he, he's like, I don't have to change anything. This is perfect. <laughs> you know how much he got paid for that though? Uh well, when you count what he got paid that day and the residuals over the years and you multiply it times infinity. Uh, it still comes out to nothing. Yes. Yeah. He just did it because he was uh, a, that kind of guy. He just fucking did it. Yeah. He was a, uh, he's a genius. And by the way, not his first instrument. Like, I think, wasn't it like he was originally going to be drummer in the, in the band and then. Right. And I think his brother was going to be guitarist and it just turned out he was that much better. <clears throat> but you hear about that. You hear about, you know this great football player who also lettered in like two other sports or, you know, but then again, I mean, if you're really good and I do, I know I, I hate, there's a couple people, you know, who, you know, I hate so much that I've been in bands with because it's like, you know, somebody like our friend John has no right being a better drummer than me or a better guitarist than Dan or a better bass player than it. You know, it's the same thing. Our friend Rod is is great at every instrument and I can barely count to four on one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I always think about this. Speaking of John, his film school final project, he had to do a movie and he did this 10 minute movie that starred Dan, uh, who is met a girl at a party and then she lives in another state and somewhere in their conversation hooking up at this party she jokingly mentioned banjo and so he learns to play a banjo and he's going to show up at this girl's house and surprise her and you know and he does this cross-country you know journey to go find her and you know and john went to a store and got a banjo and actually learned to play it in about a week to do the music for it and the only line the old, the whole thing is banjo music and the only line in this little film that that made it onto the highly highly lauded reviewed in billboard magazine uh beyond it video album we're out of cornflakes fu but uh the name of the movie long story short 
Dan is playing the banjo, and our friend Cornbread has the only line in the movie. Goes, "Why are you playing banjos? Chicks don't take banjos. They want guitars. They want like Eddie Van. They want like Van Halen, and not like new Van Halen, like old Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen, like running with the devil, or with a cradle, we'll rock." That's the only line in the movie. It's 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 you know lauding the great Eddie Van Halen. So mm-hmm. so when I heard that, I I actually broke that out, watched it, and I'm like, oh. That was a fun moment. Yeah, you know, you know that. What speaking of uh, Van Halen and pop culture, that the one thing that sticks with me is the uh, use of the song "Beautiful Girls" in a Saturday Night Live sketch, the fake commercial for Schmidt's Gay Beer. <laughs> it's Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. This place is a dump. Wait till you see the pool. It's all, you know, cobwebby, and they turn the, the water on, and it magically fills the pool, and all of a sudden you see, like, these bodies coming up from the freshly cleaned pool and filled all the water. All ripped like Jesus. All, yeah, all these six guys, like, you know, in Speedos. One of them says to Adam Sandler and Chris Farley, looks like you boys need to get wet. And then they both, <laughs> look, they both look up to the heavens and say, thank you. And you just hear, I'm on top of the world, top of the world. <laughs> oh. And, of course, like, watching the videos... The imagery of Van Halen in the early to mid-80s was seared into young men's minds, especially like videos like Hot for Teacher. Like, it's so not politically correct. It's like, first of all, the video is a nerdy kid being like, you know, kind of pushed around by other, you know, cooler kids in his classroom who are like mini Van Halens. And then uh, Van Halen is in the classroom as well, and they're waiting for the teacher to arrive. You know, they wonder what the teacher's going to look like this year. And then, of course, like this woman comes in, she's wearing a sash that says, like, you know, phys ed, but she's got a bikini on, and she's dancing in front of, like, these fucking 12 year olds, and everybody's going nuts. And yeah, like, she is. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this, Lowell? I'm like, what? <laughs> Joe, I, I just, I just want to say, as clearly as I can, I don't feel tardy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mom, you know I'm not like the other boys. I remember there was a an F and H guy who was like, "Oh, your drummer's like, yeah, I'm thinking about jamming." He's like, uh, "Can you play the opening to Hot to Teacher?" I'm like, "I can, if you want to come to the car and have me put the." But other than that, I can listen to it really good. Uh, But if I go home and practice now and practice like eight hours a day for, let's see, today's Wednesday uh, forever. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about Eddie Van Halen's prowess on the guitar. But yeah, let's not forget that Alex Van Halen is not too shabby himself on the drums. No, I mean, and David Lee Ross was, I mean, they were honestly just an absolute, you know, a band of like four amazing musicians. Yeah, they were they, they, they really were great at what they did. But uh, 65 by the day standards, tragically, tragically young. Yeah, and it's just awful. And he, one weird last note about that passing is that he didn't blame his tongue cancer. He originally had tongue cancer and then he beat it, quote unquote. But then, of course, it returned and spread to the rest of his body. He blamed that not so much on the smoking. He was a chain fucking smoker. You know, the, even the eruption video that I mentioned in, in concert, he would, you know, do that thing where he puts a cigarette on the front of his guitar while he's playing and then take another couple of drags and put the cigarette back on there. He constantly, constantly smoking. He would blame his tongue cancer on putting the metal picks in his mouth and being surrounded by electromagnetic fields from his recording equipment all day in the studio. That's what gave him the tongue cancer, you see. Not 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 
the tinfoil hat and the pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, poor guy. And, and a nice guy overall, apparently. So, yeah, it sucks. And the year 2021 better be better, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if, if we if we get there. Um, we just spent about, I think we spent the rest of 2020 on that last topic because it's... Which, you know what? Yeah, it's, but, it, but it's worth it. You know, I mean, he, he definitely deserved like that much time. Not from us. No, from from real people who know what the fuck they're talking about. We should have, like, loop Biff in. Yeah, but we spent enough on that. And I don't know if you saw this week. I don't know how Twitter really works, but my, my self-imposed exile ended this week incredibly briefly. And that's because uh, I, I listened to Sports Hub for, like, five minutes the other morning when another thing went into commercial break. And coming out of a commercial, they played a Buffalo Tom music bed. And so I tweeted at them saying, oh, it was really great to hear at Buffalo Tom played a commercial break. You know, keep playing more of that during your commercials. And then I locked back off of Twitter. I just wanted to. <laughs> so I added the Touch of Rich show just so I could thank him for playing at Buffalo Tom. And I haven't been on Twitter since. So it was the first time in a couple of weeks. That was it. No, actually. And, and Joe, punch me in the in the face if I've already told you this. But yeah, no, we talked about all the stuff last week that I found in my mom's attic, and you know, I went back and forth with Richie Dunn's son again because I found some more Richie Dunn stuff. Mm. You know, I used to joke say like I was a president of the Richie Dunn fan club. I used to fight his mom for that honor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but it, you know, it's nice, and I, I you know, so the kid. Kid, he's like you know, fifteen years younger than me, but still. So I communicate for him on Twitter with direct messages. I'm like, here's a bunch more pictures of like stuff I have of your dad and you know all that. But other than that, I'm still off of Twitter. But I Good did log on just to do yeah, just to do that. Um, so I'll continue to send screenshots of noteworthy tweets. Now that between you, management, and Biff, that's all the Twitter I need. It turns out that's really all the Twitter I need because it was through a tweet that my wife sent me that I now know in brightest day and darkest night, no evil shall escape my might, my sight. Beware the power, Green Lantern's light. Um, coming to HBO Max. I heard. I heard. I saw that and I, I uh, immediately got bored. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's for Jacques. Who cares? More uh, game show news, please. I don't know much about it, but I am very excited that because uh, it was it was an animated series a couple of years ago that did incredibly, incredibly well. It was a movie, wasn't there? The, you know what? I rewatched that movie a couple of weeks ago with the little guys. It's not as awful as people say. It you know it didn't make a billion dollars, and so it was horrible. Did it make a million? Know? It did. It it made its money. Good. You know, and and I will tell you, uh, Ryan Reynolds is always a little eye candy, no matter if it's a Deadpool outfit, if it's this, you know, I mean, they, they found a couple ways to uh, accidentally have his body scanned shirtless and uh, um, I'm going to need a moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no. So I'm excited about that. And, and it's great if HBO Max is doubling down. They did so well with Watchmen. You know, they're taking on Titans and Doom Patrol from the DC, you know, the DC app that all that st stuff switched over. I mean, over. it's not like they're, you know, usurping DC. It's just like, you know, they're 
Warner's like, okay, let's put all of our good stuff on HBO Max because we want to push this versus, you know, the jocks of the world paying $80 a year for, you know, three shows. Let's uh, maybe, you know, put all our eggs in one big, nice, awesome basket. So I'm happy about that. Um, Joe, some people work their whole life to get an opportunity of a lifetime. Like, let's say the comedian who got on Carson and made his career or the band that got on Saturday Night Live and made its career. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and one such fledgling country artist who I had never heard of, Morgan Wallen, was this week's musical guest on Saturday Night Live, but decided, oh, I'm in New York City. I'm going to live it up. I'm going to go to a party with a lot of people, make out with a random chick, nobody wearing masks, Oh, thank God it got Instagram. I violated all the COVID contract that I signed with SNL. And as of Wednesday, was, was, was let known, your services are no longer necessary. Yeah, it was um, pretty fucking stupid. Pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, I know you're just some hayseed hick out of Tennessee. Is that how they do it down in Tennessee? You're going to wrestle me? Wait a minute. I'm slipping into Andy Kaufman. Um, Right. Talk about blowing it. Talk about blowing it. Um, And he was going to be the musical guest. And Bill Burr is going to be the host, which is pretty cool. They've since replaced uh, Morgan Wallen with Jack White. So he's going to be the musical guest this week. Uh, Which which for me, good. That's that's a a, a rock gut like Jack White, who I love, versus... You know. Right, uh, fuck. <laughs> That's not. You know what? You know. Am I profiling? Am I profiling? You know, country music is just white pop music. You know that now. It's not the, what know. country music is anymore. It's it's basically like it's for us. That's music for us, not for them. That's their music. Wink, wink. Catch my drift. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Saturday Night Live. Last week, Saturday Night Live was their first live show in the COVID era, and they had a limited audience. Chris Rock was the host, Megan Thee Stallion was the musical guest, and the audience was uh, apparently paid to be there. Do you know this? I, I did not know that. I did not know this. Um, hey, Ed, did you know this? So in order I to get not. around New York City's covid requirements for public gatherings and audiences like basically tv shows can return to air and 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 production if they don't have a live audience the way they got around that is that they would pay the audience as crew members and they kept them socially distant clusters and everybody was was, you know mandated to wear masks but they paid them each 150 bucks 150 bucks to be there. That's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, and they were all tested. Well, is that negative. the dream job for you? See, this is how low the bar would be for Joe and I. Our dream job wouldn't be to write and be on Saturday Night Live. Our dream job would be paid audience members. Like, we don't have the ability to dream that high. Um, but, yeah, they would, so, yeah, they would just hand it a check. Like, it's like instead of a, you know, a year's supply of turtle wax, they got 150 bucks. Hey, is what your supply turtle wax just a sidebar? Is that like one can? <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that's even one can. I don't think that's even one can. Yeah, the year supply of turtle wax that was open to interpretation. I think that's still in the Supreme Court as to what constitutes a year supply of turtle wax. But I just thought that was a, it's a neat little kind of workaround, and I'm surprised that they're allowed to do that. 
You know what I mean? Well, we'll see if they're allowed to do it this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because of I mean, because they have like strong unions and stuff. So I kind of feel like, how do they do that? No, I mean, you 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 don't have uh, like stand-ins, like extras. Like if yeah. you the extras are not in any kind of SAG or after. I guess so. Yeah. So they guess they're paid extras. So yeah. Anyway, so that's hey. If you you know if we ever want to do an audience podcast. Um, we just have to pony up 150 bucks per. Well, first of all, it has to be New York City. Second of all, we have to come up with 150 bucks per. Third, See, shut the fuck you, up, Joe. You have to take that. You have to take. You you got to remember, Joe. You have to take that like tiny, tiny, tiny pause when you say New York City to give the other guy a chance to say New York City. I know so, my timing's way off. Wait, hold on. Let me look in the. Carnival personnel rules and regulation <laughs> charter. Yeah, right there. Seventeen subsection B, paragraph two, third line in. Does it say anything about an elephant pitching in that rule book? I'm not me. No, nothing in the rule book <laughs> that says an elephant can't pitch. Okay, next topic. You know, Joe, I don't like to brag. You know me. I don't like to brag. You, you know, they call Bob Euchre Mr. Baseball. They call you Mr. Humble. Uh, and Mr. Muta's phone. Be, be, being the absolute <laughs> greatest producer of remote concerts with mid-level celebrities for the USO, I talked about it last week about the concert that I produced, and it's great. It's great. It's, I haven't worked on a real project in a very long time. I've had a couple moments of, like, pushing paper around a desk and networking calls just to say, hey, when you can start doing shit again, remember your old pal Jacques over here, but I produced a concert uh, remotely with my friend's band, and like I said, it went... It went well when when I saw it, you know, going through the editing process. I was really happy with it. It came out pretty good. I think I sent clips to everybody who listens to this podcast, and it kicked off. That's what they used. The USO had a global virtual Comic Con this week with huge stars, like you know, Q and As with Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. Who? You know, yeah, exactly. They ended the Comic Con, but the thing that actually kicked it off was the, uh, the actor Greg Grunberg doing a, a Q and A, and in between, they broke the concert down to like to twenty minute segments. You know, so he, t- he talked for ten minutes, twenty minute segment, and I, you know, I didn't get to see the whole thing in real time. Like I saw the whole concert. I, I you know, I supervised the edit and all that, but I wasn't. I couldn't sit three hours and watch the whole thing in real time, you know, the question and answer, but it was cool. It was really cool. I watched like the beginning of it and people on bases all over the globe from like, you know, the first question would come from, you know, some people at the base in Okinawa and then the next one in Germany and then one from like, you know, Baton Rouge. So it was truly a global event in real time. It was cool. But after the end, you know, the woman from the USO, you know, sends me, you know, and my production partner on this, who's in the band, my buddy Brad, an absolute glowing letter. Like, you know, you guys are the greatest thing ever. This, is, And it's funny because they're not used to, I guess, this level of being able to pull shit together because they called me on a, on a Tuesday saying, hey, you have no life. You're a real geek and a nerd. We're going to do this Comic-Con thing. You got ideas. I said this, got the guy on the phone. We shot it just days later. You know, 
And when they follow up, you know, the following week saying, hey, do you know the list of the people you're going to try to get? Do you know what songs you're going to do? We're like, uh, are we in trouble? Did we jump the gun? Because we already did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And they weren't expecting some of the names that, that you know, you know, Brad and I were able to pull in. They were really surprised. Like, oh, I didn't know Michael Chiklis is a really good singer and stuff like that. So it went over. It went over well. But then she sends another email saying, oh, that was really cool, the shout-out that he gave you. I'm like, uh, that's probably when I was literally the 19th time that hour getting my fourth grader to stay <laughs> in front of his Zoom class call, you know, or, or not flick out of the screen and go over to, you know, do one of his, his new obsession is flip books. And there's a YouTuber that he's obsessed with who makes flip books. And I'm like, uh, so no, I'm like, oh, I missed it. I'm like, eh. And I, you know, said Brad, I was like, hey, did you happen to get a whole, you know, copy of this? And can you send it? And uh, it was great. Uh, but I think, like I told you, uh, I might have fucked up. I might have fucked up. Mm. I did too good a job. And now they want me to do it all the time. Oh, and, no. And like <laughs> the next thing, well, the next thing they want me to do is in Tennessee. And they're like, Hey, do you think you could supervise this one? Because, you know, I couldn't be there, but Brad was on the other one. I'm like, maybe I'll drive down, but I don't know. Depends like You want to drive down to Tennessee. Oh, I would drive down there. Oh dude, I would that's that's only nineteen hours. I know, but no, it's not even nineteen hours, I don't think so. Why don't you do just order tournaments. COVID on Amazon? It'll you be know? Well that, well we'll see dude, it's dude, we're gonna get to it, Joe. You, listen, we're gonna get to it. But I heard from a very reliable source today that there's a cure for it. But oh, okay. We're going to get to that. Oh, man. No, but it, but, and, and then it's funny because I've talked about it. The USO is a private company that, you know, does this services. It's been around forever. Um, AFE, Armed Forces Entertainment, is part of the military. And they work for the same people. They do, uh, both do great work. They work very well together. Like the USO has to go through the AFE to actually get on bases and to do base clearances and stuff like that. So they're all on the same team. But like the USO, it depends. It, it, they, they're both the same where, you know, like the starting quarterback gets hurt and the backup comes in. Well, the starting quarterback wants his team to win. He just doesn't want the backup quarterback to throw four touchdown passes and scramble for 100 yards. And so, you know, AFE, who was kind of, oh, we should do something. Oh, yeah, that was great. Oh, I hear you doing that. And then when they saw it, they're like, oh, fuck. Um, hey, hey, how quickly can you put together? You know, we want to do this New Year's Eve thing and we're, we're shooting and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of bands in Nashville and like um, – so we have a phone call next week, you know, and it sounds great and it is great. doesn't pay a lot. Like this pays like a quarter. What this, if this was, you know, if I was doing this for anything else, like I used to do a lot of these concert shoots for like EPK footage for like, you know, bands on the labels. It, they, they literally three to four times more money, but it, I, I'm, I'm working for the first time in ever. And it also gave me a great calling card to send to, every other contact saying, Hey, you know, no, you haven't heard from me in six months because there's nothing to do, but this is a shout out from a guy and this is it. It is. And like I said to you, I don't, I don't like to brag. Like if, you know, I know, Mr. Mr. Humble, I just thought I owed it 
to the three people out there. You wanted to give a <laughs> shout out to your shout out, and I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, now, now we can start to get into the other crap. Did you watch the vice president debate? And I know you did because I was part of the text chain. Oh yes, I did. You know, we usually we have a text chain with myself, you, our friend Steve and Jim. And it's usually surrounded by whatever football game is playing that week. It's, you know, typically it's a Patriots game. And um, this time we did one for the vice presidential debate. You know, people are kind of jovial at the beginning. And then I start fact-checking Pence every five minutes on my text chain. Not a lot of yucks. Nobody's uh, chiming in. Nobody's, you know, giving it back to me. Nobody. I'm not getting a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of like me doing a personation of you ranting on the podcast. It's a lot of... Well, I look, I, I couldn't watch most of it. I, I just couldn't take it. That's why I wasn't as participant. And you weren't being unfair at all. Look, you only... You were only... Because I went back through it the next day. I, I heard some stuff on the news. I, I heard a few things. Uh, but I went back to see what you were fact-checking. And it turns out you only fact-checked Mike Pence when Mike Pence was talking. Yeah, <laughs> like like if he wasn't lying and making shit up, you didn't you didn't have a problem with it. You only corrected things that came out of his mouth, and I don't blame you because everything that came out of his mouth was complete horseshit. Yes, exactly. And like a fly on shit, so was a fly drawn to Mike Pence. Which, by the way, finally got the attention of our friend Jim on the text chain. <laughs> you know, like that's what he decided to comment on. I mean, first of all, I mean, you think about it. Bernie Sanders was running in 2015, and he was speaking in Oregon, and a Blue Jay landed on his podium. Like, it, it was like, did somebody train that bird to fly down from the heavens? You know, or maybe it was a dove. Let's say it was a dove. Don't, you, don't, you can fact check me, but it was a bird, a stadium of 10,000 people, and that bird, one place it decided to land was the podium next to Bernie Sanders. And it was a nice moment. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. I mean, that you, you only saw that once before, and that was in the movie Snow White. <laughs> and and I didn't even know Bernie could sing that well. I mean, it was like... You know, <laughs> okay, like, wait, guys, twice. Uh, Song of the <laughs> South was the other one. And we won't talk about that bird on the shoulder. So, the absolute perfect metaphorical fly landing on shit. You know what I mean? Cut to, you know, that, dude. It, it, it was just so great. It's a, it was a black fly that landed on his stark white hair. And it didn't just, like, zip safe. off. It, it it hung out. Jim thought it died and fell from the lights. Like, he thought it was, like, a bug zapper thing. And it kind of just, oh. and, a, and, like, a dead fly landed on his head. And then two minutes later, zip, nope, it's, a, it's so gone. We're recording this 29 hours before the airing of Saturday Night Live. Yes or no? Just yes or no? Is Jeff Goldblum making an appearance on the opening skit of Saturday Night Live as the fly on Mike Pence's head? Yes or no? I want to say yes. My heart's telling me no, but my body, my body is telling me no. No, I'm thinking um, it's too funny to actually happen. It sounds it sounds more funny on paper, so I'm going to say no. Management has the theory that they're going to do it, and Jeff Goldblum's going to come out, and somebody's going to say. Too predictable. Too easy, Jeff. Yeah. We're, you know, we're going to go in another direction because it's just too obvious. 
you know what what upset me about it is Harris did a great job. She did she did a fine job. Yeah. You know, but what she didn't do, and, and I, I did what I did like is she hammered home a couple points. When he was trying to say, we've only lost, you know, she's saying, you've killed 210,000 Americans. And he's saying, it was supposed to be 50 million people, and we've done a great job. And the fact that he brought up SARS, you know, it's like when the SARS came here, it's like, dude, no, nobody... Nobody died of that. Like, like, right. The but, Ebola, but, when the Ebola people, virus came, you know, 500, you know, thousand people were infected with the Ebola virus. How one many? person in the country died. Yeah. And one, one person in the country died. They mobilized instantly, put together. Look, I, oh, I by the way, I, I, let's, I want to, let's get into it a little bit because, you know, he, Mr. 210,000 dead is an okay job by my administration. Cut to. What was it? There was like some sort of um, military operation where, uh, you know, an officer's life was in danger. Basically, like if Trump were there, that person wouldn't have died. Right. And it's like, okay, we're zeroing in on the one person that you could have saved versus the 210,000 and counting that you let die. Yeah, that we're overlooking. This is how I think Harris and any Democrat should handle anything. And, and I mean this. For a second, I'm, I'm catching Joe off guard here. You are the moderator. Mm. And ask me a question about a wide range of topics. A wide range of topics that would be brought up in the debate. And I'm going to be Kamala Harris, and this is how I'm going to answer him. Go ahead. Uh, Senator Harris, what is your stance on climate change? You know what? Climate change is horrible. It is the number one thing facing long-term our planet health and a lot of people are going to die probably not as many people as died from their botched handling of covid because they knew in january 28th that it was going to be bad the president said it was going to be awful in a, a taped interview in february but yet has never put a mask mandate in and we have two hundred and ten thousand dead americans and counting Let's talk about gun control. What would we expect for gun control from the Biden-Harris administration? The Biden-Harris administration respects the Second Amendment. Uh, we do think that smart, responsible you know, legislation should be looked at because what we don't want with guns is 210,000 people to be killed as they have been by the covert epidemic that the president could have stopped months ago by ordering a mask mandate, by by shutting things down weeks earlier, by listening to the scientists. They killed 210. Almost everybody in this country has a loved one or friend with a loved one who have been affected by this. And when you look at the millions of people who've been affected by this, who haven't died, who have survived this, who will now have long-term lung, heart. We don't know what is going to happen, the long-term ramifications for getting COVID and surviving it. We do know they've gone to the Supreme Court to try to strip away pre-existing conditions to protect the 7 million Thank people you, Senator who Harris. got it. Thank you, Senator Harris. One other question. Um, Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, I, I, well, I respect the work that, that you know, uh, Van Halen did with, with Hagar. 
uh, definitely David Lee Roth, but even David Lee Roth would tell you they've killed 210,000 Americans in counting <laughs> because they could. That's what she should have done every single time because what the Republicans have done so amazingly well since bumper stickers were invented, you know, built the wall, built the wall, built the wall. Well, what about the economy? You know what? We're going to put people to working into the economy, building the wall, building the wall, building. I was waiting for you to say, well, what about the economy? You know, the economy would be doing a lot better if there was 210,000 people going back to work on, on, on Monday who aren't in body bags. The only industry that they've helped is funeral homes and body bags. I was waiting for that one. But, you know, um, the bumper sticker, the, the, the awful bumper stickers that we've always talked about, anchor babies, build the wall, Benghazi. You know what I mean? Lock it's her like, up, yeah. You know, lock her up no, perfectly, but do nothing except hammer this home over. And every single time, here's the two or three talking points that are going to follow me pointing out that you killed. And don't say died. You killed 210,000. You, Mr. Pence, were, were are the head of this task force, and you had more people die under your watch than in Vietnam than the Gulf Wars, than Korea, than World War One put together. You killed. The way they say that Hillary killed those those four people in Benghazi. The way my mother will tell you that she let four people die in Benghazi. Every Unforgivable. Time. Right. Every single time they mentioned it, you you circle back to this and you just hammer it home, hammer it home, hammer it home. And I hope that Biden does that. It, it honestly no matter what they ask you, 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 you answer that for two seconds, and then you spend the next three minutes saying, you know, this. So I, I watched a lot of the clips. I heard a lot of clips. I, good for you for being able to stomach the whole thing. I just couldn't take it. All right. Just a little fact check. We're about an hour into the podcast, so just a little time right. check. A little time check. All right. No, no. Okay. So, so we'll skip on a little bit. Uh, I was going to mention um, the far right wing. I, can't, I didn't write down the far right wing government party in Greece. That took five years through their Supreme Court, which is just deemed a terrorist organization and has to disband instantly. I'm praying for the day that the 13 members on the Supreme Court deem the GOP a terrorist organization. And, and oh, so you've disband. already expanded the Supreme Court? Uh, there's only 11 what? members. Oh, no, there's only nine uh, members of the Supreme Court. Well, there's only eight right now, but there's nothing. The Supreme Court has fluctuated. If you want to jump into this, yeah, the please. Supreme Court has fluctuated over the years. Oh, yeah. You know, and so they're if they're rushing this one woman in there right now, who we know she's getting in there not because of she's going to overturn a woman's right to choose, which she most certainly is. Yep. It's not of because of any other thing. It's not because they want to get rid of pre-existing conditions, which they do and which they will. They need that court stacked so when he loses the election, they can contest it and they can award him the presidency and. If he loses the election and they can't award him the presidency and he pardons himself for crimes known and unknown, that will go to the Supreme Court, whether it is. And if, if Biden wins, he can, he can turn around and they can expand. If he wins and they get the Senate, they can expand it to 13 justice and get in, you know, Justice Michelle Obama, Justice <laughs> Hillary Clinton, uh, Justice Barack Obama and Justice, some absolute radical sixteen-year-old liberal, you know, who will be on the court for the next ninety years. Um, but, but that's just a thought. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to talk about the 
attempted kidnap or the plot to kidnap the governor of Wisconsin, Michigan. Michigan. Oh wait, did I tip my hand? Did, did, did you know? Did I spill the beans on our plants? Oops. <laughs> no, but and the fact that I love the fact that the governor came out and she's like, basically saying, yeah, they're just following Trump's orders. I mean, he's the one who was tweeting out, "Liberate Michigan." You know, at the height of the pandemic. You know, at the height of on on their on their way to killing two hundred and ten thousand Americans. Yeah, it's right there. Well, how long did that take you to find that tweet? I know? screenshotted it and and put it on my phone so that I could use it at this this one opportune moment. Dude, I mean, he was saying liberate Michigan as guys with you know their penis extension AK forty sevens are walking around subways in Michigan protesting the lockdown and and that that no mask order. He didn't say. Put on your mask, Michigan. Let's save lives. He said, liberate Michigan. That was his marching orders to the Proud Boys, um, who are standing back. And but we standing know they're by. they're definitely standing by. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for her to say, yeah. I, I mean, and, and I just watched an awful montage. I can't take it because I usually turn it off, but I accidentally saw a montage of all the times he's from his uh, his campaigns when he was saying rough him up I'll pay your court fees. Oh yeah. You know, when he told like the cops like don't be nice slam their head on the on the roof of the door when you're getting him in the car. Uh, when he said um, uh, who was who was the kid who shot two people in the head a couple months ago that the 17 year old kid oh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, and he was saying, oh, well, it looked like they were going after him. Like, you know, and, and, and w- w- when they were, ch- he said it looked like when they were chasing him, he dropped his gun and it went off and, and shot those two people. But they were going after him. I mean, that's that's what he's out there saying. And, of course, you know, find people on both sides, you know, stand back and stand by. See Kyle. Dude, he honestly, everything we've talked about, if he doesn't, if. I'm going to say, if, honestly, if Biden doesn't win by 20 million votes, they're going to contest it. Oh, yeah. And if it's anything close, he's going to tell the poor boys to get out there. I, you know, again, you know, I, I've talked about, a lot about Ron on this podcast, going back and forth. He lives in North Carolina. They're already at polling places intimidating people, like driving around with their guns in North Carolina, you know, pr- patrolling slash protecting, you know, voting places. And mm-hmm. it's just scary that, you know, it's it's something out of a movie. They try. There was a plot to kidnap the sitting governor of a state. Yep, it's pretty bad. It's uh, pretty awful. But at least they're not terrorists. You know, they're just uh, you know they disenfranchised people. They you know what drove them to this? Really, let's look at the let's look at the grassroots problem of what drove these fine gentlemen to do such a heinous thing. And uh, was it so heinous? Let's get into it on Rush Right, right. You know, it's, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Nancy Pelosi, on Friday, I believe it was, she didn't say, she didn't come out and say, we have to enact the 25th Amendment, that the president is batshit crazy and not in a healthy mind to, to serve any longer. But she did come out and say, I think it's all important for everybody to know the 25th Amendment, and here is the chain of command and succession, and here are the guidelines in which that amendment should be enacted. Dude, you know what we need right now is a schoolhouse rock segment on the 25th Amendment. 
Do you got one ready to go? No. Are you surprising me with a Delta oh, theater? I wish I could have that kind of talent and time uh, to actually devote to something creative. But no, I do not. But I'm just thinking, you know, the way that the... Remember when The Daily Show did uh, a Schoolhouse Rock segment about... I forget what the topic was. I think it was like the Electoral College or something weird. Um, yeah, we need something like that for the 25th Amendment to just educate people, let them know that we do actually have that kind of power. But you know what? I think Trump could do a video of him on the South Lawn in a Harvey Weinstein bathrobe with his, right. with his dick out. And it would be like, what a great leader, this guy. You know, look at him battling COVID. You know, fuck it, you know? <laughs> well, so, so because I've rambled so long and because we gave Eddie Van Halen the time he deserved just before the podcast, I just found out that I guess yesterday Blotus called into Hannity and was railing against Pompeo and Barr for not going after Hillary Clinton. And Pompeo released a statement today. We have all of Hillary's emails, and we're going to be releasing them just before the election. Like, like the State Department is playing politics, and 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 the worst way possible. Twenty sixteen politics, by the dude, way, dude. That's it. I mean, are, are you worried about Hillary sliding in the polls? I'm. You know like, what? I kind of am. Now, now you know, that you mention it, I am kind of worried to see. Like, if, yeah, if they release those emails, she there's no way she won this election. It's this like the tomfoolery, the there's just the utter tomfoolery that's happening on every single level. I mean, by right. the way, let's talk about the Pentagon fucking working yes. remotely because of the outbreaks of COVID. Like never in their history, nine eleven they went to work on nine twelve. I you know I don't even think they were sent home on nine eleven when that happened at the Pentagon. They, they probably weren't. You know, they probably went down a couple levels to the more secure places and started plotting and planning. No. It is scary that the D.C., that the White House, not D.C., the White House is, is deemed a super spreader, like, like basically a no-fly zone right now. But, but you know what? It's, it's you, know what's not a, you know what's not a no-fly zone? Uh, the the head. South Lawn? No, Pence's Head. Pence's Head. <laughs> oh, I stepped all over you. I know. Uh, Edit that out. Let's do it again and pretend I'm not a buffoon who didn't see that truck coming off the highway with a, hey, Jack, here's the most obvious setup ever. I just struck out in kickball. Like, I just absolutely struck out (laughs) in kickball right now. Oh, you're bringing Um, me back to my childhood. Anyway. But what I, uh, you know, I don't don't worry about COVID because uh, there's a cure. Good. Secure. Yeah. Wow. Now, the and president. Everybody's going to get one too. Well, the, the president says, you know, he, they, they they didn't make him better. They didn't treat him. He's mm. cured. There was a cure. Um, Chris Christie is uh is waving his chubby finger, saying, uh, "I'll have what he's having." <laughs> you know? But but apparently, uh, by the Chris way, Christie's still been in the hospital for over a week. I was going to say nobody's looked into where's Melania Trump, where's Chris Christie, you know. Where's Kellyanne Conway? I get, you know, where are these? Where are these people? You know, he he did. He went on Hannity, coughing his head off, saying he's fine, saying he's cured, ranting that they haven't gone after Hillary hard enough, and then he he today was saying he's cured. He comes out of the hospital as we talked about and said, if you listen to last week's podcast, I apologize. I apologize first and foremost. But I hate that I'm right all the time, every single time I open my mouth. And I said, I love you, Joe, because uh, if loving you is wrong, 
I don't want to be right. Uh, but we said, I'll drag you into this, that he's going to get out of the hospital in two days and say, see, it's nothing better than ever. I'm a workhorse getting. We said on the podcast that, yeah, he probably has it. I don't think he's faking, but he will be out of the hospital in a couple days and saying, it's nothing to worry about. I beat this. See, and that's exact, like word for word. He heard the podcast. Obviously, he heard the podcast. You know when he was at the hospital pretending to work, signing the blank piece of paper? (laughs) (laughs) He was streaming Carnival Personnel, and he heard us say, he's going to get out. He's going to say, it's nothing to worry about, and his supporters are going to think he's been ordained from God even more than they do, and that's exactly what he did. He gets out, and that night, tweets you know just live your life nothing to worry about and again chris christie holds up his chubby finger in a hospital in new jersey and is saying um hey boss you uh remember me can i get a can i get a whiff of that secret cure and me boss i'm one for you <laughs> but honestly the the that rose garden thing for 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 the new supreme court justice who's going to be sworn in in the next couple of weeks no matter how much we bitch about it I think it's 13 or 14 people from that event. But our positive we got, for COVID. We, we got we got to get when you talked about contract tracing, it's time to be serious for a second. We really have to cut the shit and point the finger where it needs to be pointed. And dear leader who's done everything he can to not get covert was victimized. He was the victim of these soulless, heartless, cruel... Say it. Sons of bitches, mm-hmm. gold star families. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> well, a- a- apparently, apparently, these gold star families were at the White House, and they were all tested, because, you know, if you're tested, even if you're asymptomatic, you're going to be fine. Um, but But they insisted on hugging him, and talking to him about their dead sons and daughters and husbands and wives. And uh, that's where he got it. And, you know, we, 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 we have to we, – these people are just monsters. You know, they're, just because their they're loser and sucker loved ones died defending our country was no reason they should have come to the White House and given it to this great, great man. They – those Gold Star families, they took our president's – lungs and grabbed him by the pussy that's what that's what they did they really did they really did joe i couldn't say it better so yeah um i couldn't hate a person more who i've never actually met but yeah so that, that that's a covid update you know it's it, it, it's fixed the hoax is over um there's a cure chris christie just making sure i don't forget any of this goal <laughs> self-indulgent all right let's get to sport you know the one thing about sports here's what i like about talking about sport with you in this day and age we get an escape covert we don't have to listen to it we get to live our lives uh, the jets facility was <laughs> the new york jets were sent home today because covert testing revealed uh, at least one person on the team with COVID today. And the NFL is, uh, gosh darn it, they're doing their best juggling games because uh, more and more teams um, are testing positive. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's unfortunate. I mean, that's, you know, actually it's kind of on brand for the Jets 
You know, I would expect no. this out of the Jets. Now, did the Jets really have it, or they're looking at their schedule and they're like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> what, what are we doing? They're, they're like Trump with the debates. Like, ah, eh, I'm not doing virtual debates. No, no, no. We're going to push this back a couple. Well, I love he says, you know, you, you can't interrupt. And they, and they have a mic and they can cut you off. It's like, <laughs> oh, so if I can't be a buffoon and yell over somebody when it's not my turn and, and lie. Then Why even have a debate in the first place? So, so you know, it's interesting because I've listened to a bunch of people talk. The actual football playing isn't where the people are getting COVID. It's not being spread person to person. These are coming into contact. Like, it's off the field activities, which, oh, who would have seen that coming? Let's see. The NBA and the NHL, which is why they isolated all their plays to limit. Like, as we are doing this podcast, the Lakers are about to win their 16th championship. You don't know that. No, we do. We do. (laughs) Uh, They have have more money. They had the the, the over-under of turning cars over. (laughs) That's yeah, right, right. I know, seriously. You know, covert will keep that 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 at bay. I'm guessing, but either way, it's like, yeah, the Tennessee Titans. Who, luckily, they had a game that had to be canceled, but both teams have a bye week at the same week, like six weeks down the road, so they can reschedule the game. But now, two days later, three more Titans have it, and it's like, well, should they play that game? Uh, I mean, the, the Patriots, Patriots. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, well, the same thing. So the Patriots, Cam Newton gets it. And then it turns out it's like only one other player on the Patriots tested positive. Well, no, there was a practice player that we never heard of. But I guess the the Saturday before the game in which Cam Newton wasn't playing, um, Stefan Gilmore thought that was a good time to pal around with. with. They went out to dinner together. And, you know, yeah. I don't know if they made out in the car after, but those are the two players. So our best offensive player and best defensive player and going into the game a couple weeks ago against Kansas City like we were talking about that it's like wait the game got pushed to Monday and you're flying out on Monday you just found out two days ago that your quarterback has it are you pretty sure nobody else on the team has it should we wait a couple days to see if nobody else has it and a really good friend of mine who lives for the Chiefs was saying yeah, that's what we want. We want the face of the league, Mahomes, to get to, you know to get covered. And then after the game, there's a picture where you know Mahomes decides he you know it's a, it's a really good time to hug Stefan Gilmore. The next morning, Stefan Gilmore tests positive, and everybody in Kansas City is like, "What? What are we doing?" Right? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, yeah, so um, we're actually not behind on the Patriots because the Patriots play Monday night. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so any thoughts there? Uh, uh, I figure who, who are they playing? <laughs> uh, Denver. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but they're and, pretty damn short-handed. Yeah, I know. It's a. Uh, I mean, that last game was uh, pretty hard to watch. Dude, it was. It was great. To the fourth quarter, you know. I mean, they they, they were truly. They, I mean, Hoyer wasn't they, great to the fourth. Quarter. No, he was fine, except for the fact that they they could have been winning at halftime, but Hoyer forgot how to count to four, and he thought it was third down. He took a sack on fourth down. They no, he took a yeah, he took a sack on he, no, did he? Yes, I'm sorry, he took a sack on third down. Not knowing that they were out of timeouts, yes. thinking, "Oh, I can call a timeout. We're at the ten-yard line. We'll kick a field goal. That, that would either tie the game, put them up by one, put them down by one." Like at going into the locker room at halftime, 
they could have been winning that game. At the end of the third quarter, they were only down. I don't even think they were down by eight. They were down by six points. I mean, their defense was playing great, but then all of a sudden, Julian Edelman decided to uh, to um, take a five-yard pass, tip it five feet up in the air for a pick six. And it's like, oh, you, you feel bad when the quarterback gets blamed for a pick six on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is, I, li- I, like, I like your line that you know that Julian Edelman won't uh, come down with COVID because he can't <laughs> catch anything. You know, Which is not line. fair. Not fair at all. That is not fair. And the other line that was great, it's like, well, no one in Kansas City has anything to worry about. Stefan Gilmore was it within six yards of anybody. Mm. Uh, but uh, but then I guess, you know, uh, Brian Hoyer didn't know how many timeouts he had. Uh, and maybe he was contagious or maybe it was his buddy Tom Brady who gave it to him. But on Monday Night Football last week, Tom Brady, Thursday same night. thing. Thursday night, right? Sorry, thought thought it was third down. <laughs> you know, sorry, Tom, that was fourth down, and uh, you fucked up. Yeah, I saw that last play, and I'm like, wow, that's he drew in, he threw in a double coverage on a fourth and five or whatever it was. I'm like, what kind of judgment call is that? And then you see him looking around, and he's like holding up four fingers, and it's like, yeah, that's what down it was, <laughs> not what down it is. And that's one of those things. He goes over and he pulls a, you know, a pouty Tom, and he's smashing his helmet. It's like, dude, who are you mad at? Himself. Like, like you got to be. You no, know, he, like, you know, he's absolutely well. Well, actually, t- I don't know. Terry Bradshaw in the post game said, you know, a lot of crazy things, but he also said they ought to go through the, you know, the offensive coordinator, head coach, and then you know, Tom Brady's eyes, you know, had to like all sort of not know, hey. Tom Brady thinks it's third down. You know what I mean? Like how? Well, it, what, what, what well same same thing with Brian Hoyer. I mean, you're on the headset. They cut the mic 15 seconds before the ball snapped. So mm-hmm. you know Josh McDonald. Josh McDonald. Mickey D's is what. Done your mind. You know. You know somebody is telling him. All right. You know, throw it away if you're going to get sacked and no one's open. That that's a silver near for one of the lucky fans who's not here today. Like hit one of those cardboard cutouts. 15 rows in the stands because we don't have any timeouts to get a field goal unit on the field. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can do whatever you want in this play. Just don't take a sack and bounce. Just, <laughs> just, uh, you know, I don't have time to go through every possibility of what you can do. I'll just run down the list of what you can't do. Let's see. Throw pick six. Check. Uh, check. Uh, get sacked. Get sacked inbounds. It's the one thing you can't do. You got that, Brad? Now, I know I know you've only been in the NFL for 10 years, mm-hmm. and I know counting to three is pretty tough. And I know the gigantic, gigantic, gigantic timeout indicators on all sides of the stadium show we have no timeouts if you're, if you're not sure. Hey, you know, dude. Don't tell me you never looked at a clock and then one minute later asked somebody what time it was. Come on. Yeah, yeah but I've, I'm not a 10-year veteran. <laughs> I'm a 10-year veteran of doing that same thing. Just oh. not paying attention and being aware of my surroundings and then wondering what the fuck I'm doing in a moment. Yeah, you know, it, hey, I guess you could say Brady had a senior moment. You know, 43 years old, man. Yeah, yeah. Brain starts yeah. happening. Uh, you know, things start I, happening. You, you saw in that one play where he did take a sack and his AARP card fell out <laughs> of his jersey and stuff like that. Uh, Joe, have you played any video games this week? 
nothing that's cool. I've just been playing that Mario Picross puzzle game on Nintendo Switch because I'm an old lady and I can't go to my bingos. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Call back. No, I have not, but I'm sure you have. Not No. Oh, no, yeah. the only time I played any games, because, you know, the, the sad thing is, like, you've seen me work when I'm actually working, and I've been up at up to midnight working every night. The only video games I played is a few mornings this week when management and I went running in the morning, trotting in the morning, trotting in the morning. Let's You're right. Ease up, shock. Ease up. You know, slow your roll. Um she she has to be home by 6.30 in the car at 7, and she has this habit of wanting to talk to me her whole drive in. Um, so I can't either, you know, go back to work or, or do anything else. So I sit there and play Resident Evil 5 on the PS3 until she gets to work. So there's about a, three times this week for about a half hour I played those mini games. and um, But I will tell you, I played with a hacker one morning, and who I don't know how they did it because it's a game that doesn't have cross platform. Mm -hmm. But you know how it's a timed game and you got to go around and get the time bombs to extend it. Yeah. I look up at the screen. It's like, wait, that says 20 minutes. Like if you get every time bomb simultaneously on the map, which you can't, you know, that's the whole idea. Uh If you maximize and get every second you can, it's about 15 minutes. We've been playing this round for about five minutes. <laughs> uh, how is this happening? You know, ah. but uh, but but I've seen other scores. I don't know how he did it. I was interested enough while doing it and didn't give it a second thought till just now. No, I've actually been working this week and more networking. Like in my world, for every hour put into working, you have to put in, and I'm not kidding, 100 hours of networking. So, you know, getting that shout out on that, global comic-con that's like that's updating my resume <laughs> and so yeah. now yeah that, that, that's like take... being called to the couch on carson yes yes and so now i have you know to strike while the iron's hot and make sure that every contact knows it's like hey um i'm still alive you know i know i i know there's a cure for covert but uh but I'm, I'm still alive for now and and so i haven't played any video games and i've barely watched anything um but i'm quite sure you have so have some good ideas of what people should be checking out this week. Oh, what have I been watching? Jesus, I mean, honestly, no, I haven't really been watching. I haven't even been watching like game shows. Oh, no, that's a lie. But I haven't been watching the new game shows. <laughs> I haven't been watching the new game shows. Like there's new, there's all these new, you know, like press your luck episodes and match game and all that stuff, which is really fun to watch. I do like watching press your luck now, like the new press your lucks because they're high stakes. It's flashy and. Man, that Elizabeth Banks guy. I, I, I don't say this a lot about a lot of people, but I have a crush on her. Like, I, I kind of, she's easy on the eyes. My goodness. Like Ryan Reynolds in that Green Lantern suit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could say that Elizabeth Banks is like my Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I make no apologies. Nor should you. It's 2020, baby. Anything goes. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, you know what? I haven't been watching a whole lot of uh, TV. I've been listening to podcasts again and playing that stupid puzzle game to just, you know, this waiting room that I call Earth. <laughs> it's not. I'm kind of running out of magazines to flip through. You know what I mean? It's like 
It, what's happening? We need we need to get some new highlights issues in here. I I'm, I've done. Oh my god! I was just gonna say he's in the tree. <laughs> I was just gonna say. We, like tree. yeah, some kid before me already circled everything that was wrong with this picture. So I have no shot of having fun at this magazine. I need some new puzzles. Dude, it's fucked up that you just made that reference. It is fucked up you made that reference. Little guy had a play date come over this week. His mom dropped him off with a scooter. We go to put him in our car to go to the track, and management's like, they, they're exactly the same one. Do, what, you know, and we're both staring at it. And I'm like, and then I noticed like this kid's like tag, like the warning like tag on the top of the handlebar in the middle hasn't completely worn out like our little kid's ass. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like this. What's different in this picture? Like, yeah, like, right. This is the <laughs> second time. There's a penguin on that kid's bike. That's what it is. <laughs> So, uh, what what do you got? What do you have for a parenting? Tip Fuck for you, man! I wanted to do the parenting tip segue so that I didn't have to be asked what my parenting tip was. I don't have one. Okay, um, my parenting great job. Come no. on, you you have you have a child that I personally know. Uh, you know, labors like labors. methodically with my kids to to teach him piano, and that's after he works his real job. Yeah, right. You know. Um, I got two jobs. You can't get one. <laughs> I got four jobs, man. Remember that from the in living color. Anyway, uh, racist sketch. I would, <laughs> what's my parenting tip? My parenting tip is make sure that you uh, wake your kids up and get them out of the house in time to catch a bus, and make sure that you know what the bus pickup time is. Not the old bus pickup time, but the new bus pickup time, because we had a little incident earlier this week. My kid's on remote learning half the time, but this this last week, he's been uh, taking the school bus in to do his exploratory classes in person. But yeah, the first morning was a little bumpy because he thought he had to leave it, you know, he had until 7.10 or 7.05, and I'm like, yeah, I think it, you have to leave the house at 7 to make the bus stop. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. 20 minutes later, I'm just noticing a text from him that the bus didn't come. And he's like, I'm like, first of all, idiot, call me. Secondly, I told you. Yeah, so. Um, see, 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 the, see, the bus did come. See, like, so let's start with exhibit A. Right, right, the bus right. did come. Yeah, exactly. Let's blame the bus. Right, this is more of a you problem than a bus problem. Now, now. These exploratory classes, those aren't the same exploratory classes that you pitched to me <laughs> when you wanted me to come down into the basement for the first time to, quote, unquote, do a podcast. <laughs> right. Well, you know, um, those weren't classes. Uh, yeah, and There's nothing classy about that. No, 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 no. And you, like and, and, Ryan Reynolds in and, the Green and you, and, you, and you didn't learn, nor did you study. So. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I have a... I have a I, 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 shut up, shut up. I, we're going to get um, into something weird. Anyways, what's yeah, your parenting I was, tip? I was like, no. It's like, uh, so my parenting tip, if you have a kid who's smart and like really smart and smart enough to figure out uh, if you can, uh, if he can just randomly hit some keys before hitting submit on his work and get credit for submitting the work on time, uh, my parenting tip is make sure that little bastard knows <laughs> That uh, the way the world works now is you're going to get away with it for a day, a couple days. But when when it comes to light that you were smart enough how to figure out how to game the system for the time being, that you're now going to spend your Saturday doing each and every one of those assignments 
over again, you know, and I'm a environmentalist, but I uh, have the option or a parent would have the option mm-hmm. of printing the sheets out, doing it by hand, scanning it, and then submitting it. And that's how we're going to do it for the time being, which is more laborious on my part or more laborious on a hypothetical parent's part and a student. <laughs> but, but they, they, you know, so my parenting tip is make sure they realize you're going to fucking do the work, you, you know, and, and you can do it twice. You can do it three times, but you're going to do the work and you're going to do it right. And if uh, you can't work late, I can't work late. And if I can't work late, I can't work late. Who does he think he is? The president? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) You're showing your fucking tax returns, asshole. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Joe, for indulging me. And thank you for putting up with us out there in podcast land for the last hour and a half. Ugh. Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe I'll edit this down to a clean hour. We'll take out all that Van Halen crap at the beginning. Eh, you know. No, we won't. We, we love we love the Van Halen. Oh, my God. I wish, we, I wish we could just play Van Halen music instead of this podcast. You know what? That's actually, that should have been our podcast tip. We need a podcast tip of the week at the beginning, and our podcast tip should be Listen to anything else but this podcast, especially a good uh, YouTube playlist of Van Halen. I mean, oh, my God, just hours of entertainment and just memories. And if you're a young person, you don't have the memories of Van Halen, create new ones. Um, They will stick with you. Uh, Rest assured, we will miss Eddie Van Halen and the music that he brought us. Uh, Not so much with the Gary Sharon stuff. You know, we won't talk about that. And by the way, I didn't even talk about the Back to the Future segment with Eddie Van Halen's music waking up a young George McFly out of his sleep when Marty dressed up as Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan to tell him that he needed to go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance with Lorraine. But he put in that uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, riff in the Walkman into the earphones. Shut up, Joe. Everybody's seen Back to the Future, you fucking idiot. Anyways, that's enough out of me. Let's see uh, what hellish landscape we have to look forward to this week. Uh, And by the way, I got my ballot in the mail today. And I'm sure everybody in Massachusetts has gotten their ballots, unless you're an asshole and you're not going to vote. To which I say, don't be an asshole. Go out and vote. Uh, Unless it's for Trump. Then you know what? (laughs) Election day is November 4th. That's what I have to say to you. Um, Hack joke. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Jacques. Goodbye, Biff. Goodbye, All-Star Tommy. Goodbye, Rod. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, Floor. Goodbye, President Trump. And don't forget...